I was in the seminary bookstore when a fellow student, whom I had never seen before, got my attention. After introducing himself in a friendly manner, he said, I've been watching you for a while, and I feel the need to share something personal with you. I was taken back by his comment, but curious to know what he had seen in me. So I said, go on. He answered by simply saying, you're arrogant. Wow, how stunned and surprised I was just then. But after responding to my inquiry as to why, I began to see myself from his perspective. I was a returning seminary student with a calling to plant a church in a very affluent and unchurched area of Northern California. With a lot of passion and a great sense of purpose, I asked faculty members if I could share with ministry students the vision that God had laid on my heart. Without any funding or church connections, I recognized the need for eager and willing seminary students to join me in this endeavor. So after getting permission to share this opportunity with students needing to fulfill their ministry requirement, I made several enthusiastic presentations. The result was a core of committed students who became the leadership team of a new church. However, in the process of sharing my vision and forming a team, I was perceived as arrogant at least to one student watching from the sidelines. That observation came as a shock and prompted some reflection on my part. After getting home that day, I told my wife what happened, and then I asked her, am I arrogant? She paused long enough for me to think I shouldn't have asked the question, then finally said, no, I don't think you're arrogant, but that's because I know you. However, I can see how your confidence can appear as arrogance to those who don't know you. My takeaway from that experience is that perception is reality in the eyes of the beholder. It was for Jesus, and it is for us. When that happens, how should we respond? Let's look to the Lord for the answer. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 18, we find Jesus in the Roman city of Caesarea Philippi, which may have been as far north as he ever traveled. Clearly, this is a getaway time for him and his disciples. While there, Jesus asks them this interesting question. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? The title, Son of Man, equates to Messiah, or Christ, and there's been discussion throughout Jewish history as to whether Messiah had come or was about to come. However, in the parallel accounts of Mark and Luke, the question Jesus asked is personal. Who do people say that I am? His disciples respond with answers that are all over the roadmap. Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Like people today, the Jews back then 
had their perspectives of what the Messiah would be like. Even with many presuming that John the Baptist filled the bill. I find it interesting that none of them mention Jesus in the list of prophets whom people suppose to be the Christ. It's not until Jesus asks his disciples to answer by saying, Who do you say that I am? That Peter replies, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus then responds, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Obviously, Peter rang the bell with that response. Without digressing too much, it's important to understand what Jesus meant when he told Peter that it is on this rock I will build my church. The rock, as many have asserted throughout history, is not Peter, but his proclamation that Jesus is the Christ. What Jesus is saying here is that his church is built upon him. And knowing his true identity as the Christ, the Son of the living God, is imperative to one's faith and future. Even Hades, which refers to the realm of the dead, cannot prevail against the church because it is founded and grounded in Christ Jesus the Lord. Jesus wasn't fishing for compliments and he didn't have a Messiah complex. He simply wanted to know if his disciples recognized his true identity or if they had false perceptions like many others. In class one day, my favorite theology professor made a statement I never forgot and often reflect on, as I'm doing right now. He said, It's bad enough to be understood, let alone misunderstood. I'm sure that comment related to a theological perspective he was presenting at the time, but it relates just as well to the perceptions people have of us based on what we say and do. You see, it's bad enough to be understood by those who disagree with us, but at least understand our motives and our meaning. However, it's much worse when people misunderstand what we mean because not only do they come away with the wrong impression of us, but they may also question our motives. Personally, I can think of no one in history who was more misunderstood than Jesus of Nazareth. Since the time of his baptism by John to inaugurate his public ministry, until this present day, Jesus has been perceived in all kinds of ways. Many people believe him to be a prophet then, as many do now. Yet members of his own family are recalled as saying, he's out of his mind. Some people stated, he's a good man, while others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives people. When Jesus performed miracles, some asserted, by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Yet the demons themselves affirmed, you are the Holy One of God. 
both in the Gospels and throughout history, Jesus of Nazareth has been hated and reviled, loved and worshipped. So is it any wonder that Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? He is asking you and me the same question right now. How do you answer and why? What I find compelling is the way Jesus dealt with false impressions of his true identity. First of all, he wasn't surprised. In fact, Jesus expected to be misunderstood, even to the point of being crucified because he was viewed as a blasphemer who undermined Jewish laws and an insurgent who threatened Roman rule. As recorded multiple times in all the Gospels, Jesus made statements like this to his disciples. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And he will rise after three days. They didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say, but they needed to listen just as we need to listen, because this is the gospel. The word gospel, which means good news, is actually a bad news story for God that makes possible a good news story for us, because apart from his mortal death, we cannot have immortal life. To get a taste of what this might have felt like for Jesus, let's take a moment to focus on the bad news story for God in Christ that made our good news story possible. Just because the Lord knew that his mission was to die for our sins didn't soften the blow of being misunderstood, falsely accused, reviled, ridiculed, mocked, beaten, spit upon, whipped, and crucified. Brutal, inhumane treatment like that hurt Jesus in ways that are almost impossible for us to envision. But let's do our best to imagine how our Lord may have felt physically, emotionally, and even spiritually when he cried out from the cross saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt like everyone had abandoned him, including his father. How would you have responded to such mistreatment for simply being misunderstood? As for me, I want to fight back. What about you? What about Jesus? Our Lord gives us his answer from the cross. He doesn't fight back, but simply says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, let's imagine responding in the same way. Some questions for your consideration. First, how have you been misunderstood in the past? How did you react or respond? Second, who might have a false impression of you right now? How should re you respond? Third, how might the response of Jesus to false impressions help you respond better in the future?